What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now... Let the buzz. What's going on, Mates? We are here via the application Zoom to discuss the latest episode of Survivor Season 40, Episode 11. This is extortion. We don't have any extortion <laughs> going on right now, apparently in our lives, but we do have this quarantine going on. We hope everybody's staying home, staying safe, and washing your hands. I have an amazing panel with me. I am Timothy Michael, but I've got Mike Feeling joining me tonight. Hey, Mike. Guys, what is up? What's up, tribe mates? What up, Timmy? What up, everybody? Seeing, I'm so I'm extra excited. Okay, I'm fired up to talk Survivor because I just did five straight episodes of Win the Wilderness, which I thought was going to be Survivor in Alaska, and it is not. It is not, not, not. I'm ready for the action tonight, baby. Mike, when are you going to learn? Nothing is like Survivor. Well, I, I, also- I, I can only hope, right, that Netflix would would rise to the occasion. <laughs> they did not. I've also got Veronica Valencia. Hey, Veronica. Hey, everyone. Uh, I just want to point out the fact that Mike is incredibly tan as if he has just gotten back from the islands of Fiji. <laughs> I agree. Mike is very tan. Apparently, it's the streets of Woodland Hills and exercising outside. <laughs> exactly. And we've got our dream team guy himself, Steve. Oh, my gosh, Steve. I forgot your last name. Gainey. Steve Gainey. Come on, Gainey. Now. Stevie G. Steve Gainey. Stevie G. G, that's what I was, I was going to say Stevie G, and I was like, that's not his last name. <laughs> hey, guys. Oh, my God. If last week's episode uh, left you feeling a little deflated, I would say I am fully pumped up again. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This was the episode that I've been waiting for. I've been waiting for somebody to break out, and I was hoping it was going to be Tony, and he did not disappoint. Oh my no, God. he did not. Now, before we jump into the, uh, the deep review of the episode, you guys, don't forget we've got our MVP segment at the end of the episode. I have a feeling I know what everybody's going to say. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do it. Uh, I know. But I also, we've also got our fantasy draft update at the end of the episode as well. We'll tell you who was on um, what team and where our teams stand. And you guys can let us know your thoughts on the fantasy draft as well. So let's dive in, you guys, shall we? So, Mike, I want to start with you, your overall thoughts of the episode. I loved it. You know, we did our 60-second review, and I'm just going to reiterate the same thing, honestly. Tony's one of my favorite players. I love the intensity and stuff. And he started out playing really laid back kind of the anti-Tony and he even said it in his ITMs and stuff tonight 
or, or last night that now's the time he's going to turn it on. He's going to start actually going for it. And it did not disappoint. I, I love Tony. I'm ready to see him kick it up to high gear. Veronica, what'd you think? Yeah, I thought this episode was amazing. I thought Tony really stood out. I love seeing the fact that he is now kicking it into high gear. And, you know, the last couple of episodes of Survivor have been very chaotic. And, you know, when we think we, and like when it's very chaotic, we think, oh, this is going to be an amazing. But this episode was so smooth and it was so well executed, the gameplay, that it just goes to show it doesn't need to be all chaos all the time. That something as smooth as this can still be a wow episode. Agreed. Stevie G. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was last Tribal Council, they played every trick in the book. You know, there was a million different idols and advantages being played. And this was like just classic survivor, just strategy, gameplay, no whispering at Tribal. There was a plan (laughs) in place. There was a switcheroo. People were zigging and zagging. And it just came out to just an amazing hour of television. I was so captivated the entire time. And it was just, it was just so much fun. It was like, how does this show continue to just be so much fun and so fresh and so awesome? And they just don't disappoint. Timmy's frozen. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think that was, I think that was perfectly put. This was a crazy episode. It was a ton of fun. It was stuff that we didn't necessarily expect. And it was a good amount of twists and turns without being so far removed. You know, we've talked over and over again for the past few seasons about when they start to twist and turn, but we don't get to see it when it's hush-hush. And then even us as viewers are completely blindsided by, uh, you know, the moves that are made and who gets voted out at tribal council. We talked about that being really annoying. I like seeing the strategy. And so, you know, not to skip too far ahead, but seeing Tony work both sides, Seeing the the strategy discussion with Jeremy and everybody, that's the kind of stuff that I like, Veronica. Yeah, no, I I agree. I just, I really liked seeing the strategy this time around. And, you know, it was funny. I made a comment, you know, I was like, is Tony getting a winner's edit? Because this episode was so Tony dominant and he was just playing a flawless game. And, you know, it, it just, it goes to show like, Tony may at times be a little crazy and a little paranoid in his gameplay, but it really shows about how hard he is playing the game, especially in this episode when immediately they come back from tribal council. He already knows I need to go find an idol. And we haven't seen the Tony who runs around the aisle like a, like a crazy person trying to find an idol. He's going out there at the best time when everyone's still asleep, trying to be all sneaky about it. So yep. he's, he's, the wheels are always turning. He's constantly thinking. So this is a really good episode, a really good season for him to develop his gameplay. Timmy, your torch got snuffed for a second. It did. I'm so sorry. And, you know, it, it happens with Wi-Fi. You guys are just going to roll right along as if that never happened. Uh, thank you guys for continuing the conversation. Let's start. I don't know where you guys left off, but let's start um, from the beginning of the episode, shall yep. we? Um, Jeremy back at camp, something I was really excited to see because I was really anticipating what his reaction was going to be and what his tribe mates were also going to say. How did you guys feel that whole scene went? Are you guys just, are you guys, do you guys feel justified with Jeremy? We also found out that Jeremy was going to be the target that, that night. So he did make a move and it was a right move to make. What did you guys think of it? 
I'll say what I said last week. I thought it was very smart of Jeremy to play his advantage. Like I said, I'm pretty sure, I think it was the last night that he could play it. As we learned from tonight, without getting too far ahead, play your advantages. Yeah. Otherwise you go home with them in your pocket. And I think, you know, Jeremy made a move that was smart for him. And I think, you know, if anyone were put in that position, they'd do the same thing. Yeah, I, I'd echo what I said last week as well. I didn't like to see him use it. Because for whatever reason, when I viewed last week's episode, I was viewing it as one of his alliance members. And I was like, no, don't, like, we need you. We need the vote. And I was a little bit let down. But ditto what V squared said, right? If that's the last opportunity to use it, you have to do it. We don't care what people think. Because at the end of the day, they're going to need your vote anyway, especially on this season of All Killers. You can remake alliances. Don't worry about it. The most important thing is self-preservation. Uh, he did it. And as we can see, you know, spoilers or whatever, but he didn't go home tonight. So obviously not enough bad blood for it to matter. And, and he did fine. Yeah, I uh, was a little surprised how <laughs> the people who were going to vote for him seemed the most annoyed by <laughs> him leaving, which yeah. is understandable from their perspective. But Tony to come back and immediately be like, why'd you leave? Why did he leave? He was already <laughs> sowing the seeds of been like, I wasn't going to vote for Jeremy. Of course not. I, I, I yeah. was sticking with, even though they saw Sophie say, hey, you five come over with me. And Tony was among them, obviously. Yeah. Um, Michelle didn't seem to catch any heat for voting with the, uh, you know, she voted for Tyson. Um, so Tony planted the seeds right away. And I try not to read too much into the edit, but while I was watching it, I was thinking to myself, this looks like, Jeremy's going home tonight because mm. they kept showing all these scenes mm. of Jeremy incorrectly reading the situation. He was like, yes. Tony's got my back. hundred percent. Believable. <laughs> yeah. And, and Tony's in confessional saying, I'm not, I'm not siding with Jeremy. So I was like, okay, it looks like Jeremy saved himself last week. Uh, and now this might, he might have, you know, been backed up against the wall. He had something to save him. Now he doesn't. But it just goes to show you just never know what's going to happen. I will say this about Jeremy, though. As soon as they come back and he steals a little bit of that heat, he goes straight to Ben. And he's like, Ben, look, you're going to be the target now. And we've seen the, the relationship and the conflict that Ben and Adam had. I'm mm. actually surprised that that conflict is now going over to Ben and Jeremy. Do we think that Ben has a problem connecting with other male players? I... I don't know if it's that he has a problem connecting with other male players. I think with Adam, they just got under each other's skin. And I think with Jeremy, there might be some annoyance with Ben because, you know, Jeremy's trying to put the target on Ben. And obviously Ben is very comfortable at this point and he knows he's not a threat. He knows he's not uh, the target. So he doesn't want to be made into one. So I think it was just annoyance at that point. Uh, ben seems oddly agitated to me just in general i don't know what it is something's going on somewhere somehow uh and i don't like it because i think he's a better player than this and i don't think these kind of little whatever you want to call them eccentricities are going to help and I, and I think he's better than this he doesn't have to be having this kind of squabbles with adam or, or, or anybody so it's a little bit disappointing and i hope you know, he's still in it. He's still fine. He has plenty of time to turn it around. And I, and I hope he does. I hope he kind of eliminates that because it's not serving him. 
I will say though, uh, Jeremy was kind of coming at him hard right after that. And he was like, they're coming at you, man, you know, cause you're the definitely the most dominant male player out here. And Ben's like, actually, I think that's you, which <laughs> I was saying that to, to my TV as I'm yeah. like, no, Jeremy, you're the, you're the yeah. guy, you know, Jeremy or Tony or somebody like, I would think they'd be more dominant in challenges or seen as a bigger threat than Ben. So I can understand Ben's situation in that, but yeah, he does sort of seem to uh, get very short with people and uh, that's something he's going to need to work on. Yeah, Jeremy definitely tried to deflect the situation, but Ben caught right onto him. <laughs> Another player that definitely came out of the gates this this episode was Tony. And it starts pretty early on in the episode. We're only on day, we're yeah. at day 26. And Tony tells us, you know, he's been very patient, which I think has benefited his game, something that is completely different from the last couple of times that he's played. And, you know, he tells us, you know, I've been very patient. I haven't been looking for idols. And now that an idol was played, we know that it returns back in the game. He wants to go and look for it. He picks the most opportune time. This was very, very smart. Wait till everybody's sleeping after tribal because he knows that's when everybody's exhausted. And he goes out. Nick finds him. He tells Nick to go and look at a place that he's already searched. I mean, from the get-go, it was just perfectly planned for him to get this idol. What did you guys think about it? Thank God. I mean, finally, I just, every time we have another season and people don't do things that you've seen over and over and over again in past seasons. It's so frustrating. He hit it right on the head. An idol was used. An idol's going to be put back in the forest. I got to go find it. Bang. That's it. What a great opportunity for him to kind of come out of his shell or whatever we want to call it. Turn up the juice, you know, throttle forward, pedal to the metal. All of them, Tim. Uh, now is the time to do it because he knows for sure something is there. So uh, go get it. Mission critical. He did it. I, I, I thousand. Can you tell I loved it? A thousand percent. That's, that's what it's at. This we is what can tell, is. We can tell. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, this, what basically what I said earlier was the exact same thing and that Tony knows the game so well. He knows exactly that an idol was played. An idol is out there. So I need to go look for it. Uh, I had mentioned that briefly, Tim, when you were on the edge. Yeah. I <laughs> Thank think <you. laughs> they're, they're, this was really good timing. Uh, you know, there's, there seems like there's still a lot of people left in the game, but there really isn't, especially considering that it's a final three and there is no vote on the final uh, four because there's a fire making challenge. So there's not a lot of room left to hide. Uh, the numbers are small enough now that you can't really split the votes as comfortably as you once did. And I think he recognized that it's time to start looking out for number one. You got to start playing a little riskier uh, and you need to have options because if the numbers are in your favor, you, there's not too many other people that you can swing. So uh, yeah, he definitely struck while the iron was hot. Yeah. After seeing the episode in its entirety and seeing how everything played out with Tony, I'm glad that he, he found the hidden immunity idol. But I'm one of those people that always roots for the underdogs. And in this case, right after, and nobody is an underdog in this, in this season, let's just be clear. But after that tribal, we can clearly see there are people on the bottom. Denise, Kim, Michelle, Jeremy. Mm. I was hoping that it would be one of them to find it. Am I the only one? No. I'm, I'm, always, I'm always a sucker for a good underdog story. That's usually the typical, that's usually the type of gameplay that I like rooting for the most in Survivor, obviously. It changes by based on the season and the player, but no, I get you, Tim. Everyone loves a good underdog. Sorry. I think Tony's I, been playing an underdog game so far. He surprisingly has not been like 
you know, gotten a million votes thrown at him this entire game. And he's, he's kind of, I don't know if he's, if he really is this earnest or if he's playing dumb, but there's been a few times where Sophie's sort of like explaining to him what's going on. And he's like, Oh really? Or Sarah, when Sarah's uh, laying out the game for him and he's like, Oh, Oh, okay. I'm like, Tony knows, right. He's got to have a good beat on this game. He's a cop. So, you know, cops always know more than they're letting on. And uh, I think he's been playing an underdog game. And so now for him to come out is like, Oh man, yeah, (laughs) this is definitely dangerous. I love it. I think he's been underplaying it the entire time, his abilities, his intelligence, uh, even where he's at keeping up with the moves of what is exactly going on at that point in the game. That's why I've just loved his, his gameplay. Um, you rattle off a bunch of people, just like you said, none of them are truly underdogs, especially Denise. Denise has just been killing it. It's actually surprising. We haven't heard much from her over the past couple episodes, but uh, I was super pumped with how Tony got the idol last night. Yeah, I think Tony underplaying is a good word. I wouldn't necessarily consider him an underdog. I feel like in order to be an underdog in this game, you have to have had your name thrown out there and have been um, a a major target. And for whatever reason, Tony, because he is playing this underplayed game, hasn't been a target outright. Now, Denise, I can respect because she did pull off that really boss move with Sandra. Mm. And I feel like after that, she was like, you know what, I'm just going to low-key play it i feel like that's the key and we saw a little bit that in tribal tonight where it timing is everything and i feel like you can't just be on this high horse all the time all the time all the time which i feel is what is going to happen to tony but that's Mm -hmm. just an early prediction okay now one thing that i did not think that i would see on survivor would be a fashion show (laughs) (laughs) if you would have told me that it would have been put on by sarah i would have been equally as surprised that was a really nice kind of moment to see now we, we understand these survivors are on this island for what 39 days and I mean you obviously are going to get bored so clearly they're trying to keep their minds occupied now the only reason I point this out was because it definitely started to show a little crack in the Sarah and Tony relationship Sarah has a very good social game and you saw it with this entire scene and Tony was like I don't want to do this I want to actually play a strategy and I want to do this do who do you side with in this situation between who? Sorry. But between Sarah and Tony. Mm. You see, it's funny that you say that, Tim, because I didn't necessarily see it as a divide between Sarah and Tony and the fact that Tony wants to play very strategic and Sarah's playing more social. I kind of, when it comes to Survivor and especially in the edit, everything kind of has a purpose. And Sarah's comment about the fashion show and the fact that she has a really good social game and Tony doesn't made it even more interesting when we're going to get to it when Tony was extorted and he had to get the fire tokens. It was like, it's not that he has a social game. It's just that his social game is very different. So I liked that little tie-in with that scene. I'd like to shout out Joseph Boza in the chat saying cops are us is on its deathbed. Uh, I think it's, it's definitely, it's definitely in some trouble. I side with Tony just because I like Tony more as a player and if you're going to ask me who I'd rather see and, and get more insight on, it's him. I think he's more interesting and more fun. That's it. Purely personal. I think that Tony uh, correctly recognized that after the last tribal council, people might be uh, taking a breather. And he's like, there is no time for breathers. Right. So while everybody else is going to sleep in after that hectic tribal, I'm going to go look for idols. Hell and while yeah. everybody else is having a, you know, their fashion show, you know, I want to play this game. So mm-hmm. I think that Tony realizes that now is the time when you have to keep pushing even harder. 
Right. Uh, that being said, I love the fashion show. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I also loved when Sarah, she's been really funny this season. She's like, mm-hmm. you know, some people think that I'm just uh, smart and, <laughs> and beautiful. <laughs> I'm also really creative. <laughs> I was laughing out loud. I loved it. Seriously, so Sarah. Sarah is one of my favorites and it's nice to always see a different side of these survivors because we know them as a certain angle and then they just you know turn on a different charm and we get to see another level and another layer to their personality which is always nice now let's talk about edge of extinction really quick because mm. edge of extinction continues to surprise us and I'm really happy with the producers and the editors for what they have done with edge of extinction segment in general mm. so Natalie and Parvi we all saw it. they found this wine bottle with a clue inside this clue happened to be an extortion of a player you know they can block a player from participating in the next immunity challenge and prohibits them from voting in the next tribal council unless they pay them six fire tokens now i don't think anybody has six fire tokens in the game right now correct me in the chat if i'm wrong if you guys have been keeping track um i unfortunately have not there's too many things going on Mm -hmm. um but that six fire tokens was a lot and now we see what tony does with it and he has to come up with six fire tokens. Was anybody surprised that he went to the people that he was trying to pull the wool over their eyes about their alliances? Thank you, Steve. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. He got tokens from both alliances, from both sides. If there was ever better evidence of Tony playing both sides really well, that was it. He got one from Jeremy. He got one from Ben. He got one from Nick. Um, kudos to Michelle for coming up with that really clever lie, uh, on the fly. Mm -hmm. I've been waiting for this moment for a long time because I've been waiting. I said a few weeks ago, I can't wait for the, uh, for someone to come up to someone else in the game and say, Hey, let's, uh, pull our fire tokens and let's buy something or whatever. And then for people to have to be like, uh, actually I don't have any tokens. And then for the people to be like, wait, why do you have any So this is something that I've been waiting for. And I'm glad to see that the survivors are now starting to pool their resources I thought it was a great um, advantage. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Uh, Go ahead. No, uh, you can go. I have a rant. I I feel like I might too, so I'll try to be quick. I had a lot of thoughts on this. My first was if they actually want to nullify a player that they knew, then ask for a million fire tokens. That's what I thought they would probably do. To ask for some number that there's no way, so you guarantee somebody can't participate and potentially uh, loses their vote. So that was one thing. The other thing, I loved that he went to both sides, but we didn't get to see the resolution of, okay, he won immunity. He got two tokens. Where's the resolution of who do you give the tokens back to? Because you're screwing somebody over, right? And now they're going to know, now you're really kind of drawing a line in the sand. So I hope that next episode, we get to see that. And before I throw it over to V-Square's rant, I want to shout out Marissa Oh, in the chat, who said, how about Tyson's comment, just because this is for Edge of Extinction, uh, regarding how losing the game ruins people's lives, how much they struggle with it, and saying that Adam's not going to make it. Uh, Do we think it's foreshadowing something? So I just want to toss it out there. Yeah. We're going to revisit that in a second. Veronica, I want to get your thoughts out. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so here's my thing. I love this extortion disadvantage is what I'm going to say about it. Because here's the thing. I realize that Edge of Extinction, you know, is not everyone's cup of tea. It's not necessarily a win for everyone. But I love Edge of Extinction, especially 
because there are so many players in this game who we love and who we want to see play. And this gives them a chance to some way still influence the game. And I love the fact that this extortion challenge was yet again, another way to, for them to influence the game. I think it's a brilliant disadvantage. I just think there's so much mentality when it comes to that, because it's like, are you playing it specifically for greed? Because you, you only want to get fire tokens, which if that's the case, then making the price six fire tokens, there's a 50-50 shot, you may not get it and it was a waste. Or do you want to come out of it from the mentality of sabotage? Do you want to potentially sabotage someone in the game who you feel if they were sent to Edge of Extinction, you have a better chance of beating them at the challenge to get back in the game? Do you want to sabotage someone to get out of the game and go to Edge because you know if you were to get back in the game, they wouldn't work with you? There's just so many angles that you can approach with this advantage and so it's just it's I feel like it's very difficult on like who you play it against and what the reward will be for you but I loved it yeah which yeah. is why I'm glad that the people who are on edge of extinction are sitting inside of the jury or, or watching the tribal councils otherwise I feel like they would have no idea on what to do with these advantages that they found Steve you were going to say something well I'm just I was just going to say I think that this this disadvantage could have been it was a risk from the producers to throw it in there. I think it could have been really weird or something, mm. you know, some of the, the viewers might not have liked it, but it just played out so well. The fact that Tony was up against the wall, he was scrambling, he got the tokens and then he ended up winning. It, it just, it worked out so well yeah. that even when I thought about it or when I first, when he was first explaining it, I was kind of like, I don't know how I feel about this because now the people who are voted out of the game are possibly like hurting people in the game and I, I was like oh, I don't know how this is gonna play out and then it was was so good that it was just great tv that I just like awesome. I love this I love yeah. this this whole sequence is so good yeah Mike I want to go back to the comment that you made from the person in the chat thank you to everybody our tribe meets in the chat we love you guys uh thank you for joining us so they brought up that whole moment, kind of a, an unveiling of what goes on behind the curtain of Survivor yeah. after the show ends. And Tyson said to his tribe mates on Edge of Extinction, you know, people who lose the game, it affects them for years and how he thinks that Adam is not going to make it and how it's going to hit him really, really hard. Now, A, I think that was an unfair statement. B, I enjoyed it. Which part I of the statement? Hold on, that, which part? That, the fact that he thinks that Adam is gonna is not gonna take it well. I feel like Adam is a lot stronger than we give him credit for. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it was so it was such a quick statement and then they kind of rolled over it. Like they never mm -hmm. revisited that statement. And I felt like it was something that they definitely could have made pretty much an entire episode on because these are all previous winners, but you know, some of them have lost this game before. And I think that Tyson is right. I feel like if you don't win, you go home and you watch all these episodes and the episodes that you're on, you replay them back and you think of all the things that you could have changed and could have done differently sure. in your head. And I'm pretty sure a lot of survivors fall into this really, really deep depression on not winning a million dollars. So I thought that it was it was kind of an injustice, a justice that they just kind of just rolled over that, that, that topic. I don't know how much else they would you know, what else they, they would have done to discuss it. I think it's definitely, you know, he's going to know better than anybody. It's, it's makes a ton of sense. It's super valid. You're, you know, at worst, you're 16th place to a million dollars, right? At worst, uh, or 18 or whatever the season happens to be. Uh, it would be very depressing, especially if you get to position six, five, you're really close to life-changing money. Let's be, let's be honest. 
I agree. I think it's a kind of a cursory examination to say that Adam is just, you know, done. The kid is obviously neurotic. I would think people who are a little bit like more neurotic and especially really heady about the game and tactical, he could agonize over what if I did this and that until the cows come home about how he could have succeeded. So um, I kind of agree with you and disagree. I'm not sure how much more they would have wanted to say it. Uh, I appreciated that they kept it in and, and gave us a little bit more real look at what's going on. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think this season is sort of touching on that a little bit more, how the, the show affects people's real lives. You know, like the whole um, Wendell and Michelle relationship outside of the game. Um, Michelle was talking to Boston Rob a few episodes back about how uh, her win was controversial. And I, I know she got a lot of trash on social media. And, you know, especially for a young person, that can really, really affect your your psyche you know your mental health or just you know your self-esteem and then you go into the game and you've got this sort of uh you know uh, inferiority complex or something and for Sophie at the end of this to say in her uh you know edge confessional that she no longer thinks of herself or she's happy that she she doesn't have to think of herself as a bottom tier winner that's all just conjecture from the survivor fans And, and we love the survivor fans but they're very hardcore fans and yes. you know myself being one of them I have strong opinions about the show and I think that this season is sort of shining a light on that that you know these this game does affect people's real lives whenever the tv and the camera sure. stops rolling absolutely yeah I I mean I think all of you kind of wrapped that up very beautifully I think you know we we love survivor and we we can only imagine how tough the game is from you know the challenges that we see from season to season but again like everyone has kind of mentioned see, this season is really showing us kind of what's going on outside of the game and how it really affects their lives and i think on an all winter season you know it required you know extra work to try and get all these people to come back for this very special season so i think it's important that yeah People do overanalyze this. And for half of these players, it's the first time they're feeling failure in this game. So it's, I'm sure it's something that's going to hit them hard once they leave. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so Tony comes up with his six tokens uh, to pay his extorters, if you will. Um, let's talk about this immunity challenge really quick. So essentially, we've seen this challenge before. Stand on a beam, you have to balance a statue on the long pole. At different intervals, they have to move further, making it uh, harder to balance the statue against the pole. The winner will win two fire tokens. Now, I'm going to shoot it over to my guy, Steve, who is our challenge guy. He was on the Dream Team in Nicaragua and Cambodia, for those of you who are joining for the first time. Steve, have you done this challenge before? And is it as hard as it looks? I have not. Uh, ah! <laughs> hey! We did a version of this. Uh, it was balancing an idol on top of a long pole, mm. uh, which we did in Cambodia. Um I could Is tell this that this a- was a wobbly pole, so you had a, a lot less control, but it seemed like just general balance was an issue for people. I know a lot of people seem to be uh, like losing their balance, and that's what caused them to drop the idol or push it too far ahead. So yeah, it, it definitely looked like a hot day. Uh, it was a heavy pole, you know, balance, uh, footwear comes into play in this one. There's a lot more going on in this challenge than just like, how long can you hold this stick? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm always surprised when we have this challenge that people don't hold the stick and maybe Steve give the insight that they don't hold the stick against their body. My immediate, so I'm right-handed. My immediate inclination is that I'm taking the pole 
in my right hand, having my right hand, the backhand and holding it right against my hip. So it becomes almost like part of my body in martial arts. Anybody who's done any kind of bow or staff work, like that's what you do. It becomes really solid. So I, whenever I see that, I think, why aren't they hugging it close to their body? They're making it really solid. If you're holding it out here, you're prone to wobbling around and stuff. So that is uh, a good question because when you're getting ready for the, for any kind of challenge like this, you're, you're wondering, do I want stability or do I want to be able to correct? Right. So like, oh, um, say in a, one, a challenge where you're pulling, um, like a rope and you're holding, you're balancing a plate with some balls on it. Do you want to pull that rope as tight as possible? So you've got really, really strong control, or do you want to give yourself a little slack? So you're not, um, pulling your muscles as hard. There's so much more that uh these these challenges that look like there's just nothing to it oh who's gonna outlast the longest but there is something to be said if you're holding it out and you start to wobble you can make a correction if you've got that thing locked into your hip and you start yeah. to you're, you're starting to lose it you're like I, I, i'm losing it i'm losing it and then you lose it so you That's just true. don't know yeah yeah you gotta so 30- you, you just gotta find the right strategy for you. <laughs> yeah. 32 minutes is down to Tony, Ben, and Jeremy. This is the longest this challenge has ever gone on. So kudos to those three gentlemen. Ben falls, then it's down to Jeremy and Tony. Jeremy falls out of nowhere. Like the yeah. cameras almost didn't even catch it. It was that quick. Yeah. And Tony winds up winning. So now he's got two immunity idols back to back. Plus, he just found a uh, hidden immunity idol. I mean, Tony's on fire as we speak right after this challenge and he immediately wants to target jeremy again i i uh, i I, (laughs) just to kind of of wrap up like this whole post uh challenge pre-tribal thing for me so i understand you know jeremy was the target last week they weren't able to get him out it only makes sense that people want to try and get him out this week i don't necessarily uh think kim or denise made a wrong decision in wanting to be on the right side of the numbers in agreeing to vote with Jeremy. But what I do think was very interesting is again, is how strong Tony's gameplay this was. There wasn't a lot of chaos. There wasn't a lot of scrambling. It was, like I said, this edit, this episode was very smooth and very well executed. And I loved how Tony was once again, thinking ahead of his game. He was like, I can get rid of Jeremy now, but Jeremy's also a very good shield for me. They've used that term a lot this season, a very good shield. And he wants to keep players in who are willing to work with him. And that's, you know, probably players like Jeremy, who Jeremy said that he trusted him. Maybe players like Sarah, because they played before. Maybe players like Ben. He knows Sophie won't ever vote for him. So it made so much sense for him to want to target Sophie and get as many people on his side to play with as possible moving forward. Mm -hmm. So it was a great insight into how strong and hard Tony is playing this game. And he unintentionally flushed out an idol, which was just, Wow, the cherry on top. Yeah. I, I I was really on the fence if Jeremy flopped this or not. It did not look like an accidental loss, shall we say. But then I figured if he did throw it for some reason, they would have remarked about it and they would have talked about it. But man, that did not look natural at all. Maybe it was just the timing and the camera switch or whatever, but... I wow. think I, I don't, there's no, I don't just don't see Jeremy having any incentive to not <laughs> want to win because he was sure. almost voted out last week. He had a crazy advantage that saved him. And so he was definitely feeling the heat. Uh, and I think maybe 
Jeremy was starting to lose it. He looked like he was struggling. He was targeting Ben. And if we remember, Ben drops and then Jeremy's out. So maybe Jeremy's like, if I can just hold on until Ben is gone. He just didn't have the concentration. He was out of gas. Ben's out. He's like, okay, I can't do it. You know, it, it's that that sort of stuff does come into your mind when you're like up there for 30 minutes and you're dying. Yeah, that's that's a good point. So as soon as we get right out of this immunity challenge, Tony throws out Jeremy's name. Jeremy's name is thrown out. Ben's name is thrown out. Tony, uh, sorry, Kim and Denise are two that surprised me tonight as well because they want to go with the Jeremy vote, you know, kind of, you know, contradicting their alliance if you will or their group or their what do they call it their voting block if you will um and so that surprised me that kim and denise didn't want to vote with jeremy rather they would go against jeremy and then on top of that kim i just want to really shout out her really quick because she is on to tony and i'm surprised that nobody else is but kim is quick to really catch on what tony is about and what he's doing well, how did you guys feel about well, what Kim and Denise, how Kim and Denise feel about this vote? I mean, kudos to Kim. She read him like a book and he thought, you know, oh, I got Jeremy in my pocket. So I, I know what's going on. It ended up actually coming back to bite them because she, you know, Tony, you never know who he really is working with. He might be trying to get Jeremy out and then just totally be like, all right, I'm siding with Jeremy now. You know, he did it in Kagiyan. He was, he switched alliances or he was voting out his own allies. So uh, Kim, <laughs> her observational skills <laughs> ended up costing her in this vote. And Denise, who uh, Denise up until um, the last two episodes ago where she voted for Nick, mm -hmm. uh, has been on the right side of every single vote. And then she was wrong on one, she lost her vote, and then she was wrong on another. So Denise, I think, needs to pick her game up because she seems to be losing steam. Hmm. Honestly, this one was confusing for me. And at some point for some episodes like this, I don't know about anybody else and our fans watching us, but at some points I tend to just sit back and just enjoy Survivor. I don't know. My, I, I start to like turn off because people are flipping back and forth and going crazy. And I just enjoy watching Tony try to spread his nonsense and flip people. And then like we've seen so many times in seasons past, we're blindsided by who actually goes home in the end. So I just get excited to wait and see who actually follows through with the, you know, fake commitments they've made or, or you know, straw men they've made. Well, it was Tony who was the one to throw out Sophie's name in, in general. I'm surprised that it actually went through the way that it did. Jeremy was very, very hesitant on, on changing this plan. And I feel like everybody realized that it was the right move. Unfortunately for Sophie, she is the one that was voted out tonight. I do want to talk about this building of resumes that was really one of the topics or one of the, the foremost topics in tribal pretty much trying to build your resume. Everybody knows that they're trying to build a resume, but there is you know, moves that you have to make and it's about the right timing of when you have to make those moves. Plus, Sophie says it the best, you don't wanna just do a whole bunch of things that just looks like you're padding your resume because then that's just annoying. Nobody wants to A, work with somebody and vote for somebody that was like that either. So what did you guys think about the building of the resume topic that came up during Tribal? You know, it's, it, no. Well, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that are constantly build up. If you make it to the end, what good is making it to the end if you kind of don't have a gameplay to, you know, tell the jury and why you deserve to win? Uh, I think that, 
sometimes when it comes to a resume, you don't need to necessarily be super flashy. For example, Nick was part of this boat. And even though Nick was not the person to initiate it, he can still, it's all about wording. He could say, I, this was a move I made, not necessarily this was a move I initiated. Because for Nick, he doesn't plan to sit next to Jeremy and Tony at the end. So if he makes it there, he can say, I made this move. This is when I took charge of my game. This is when I was the one in charge. And there's not going to be Jeremy or Tony sitting next to him saying, well, I did that. What's so, what's so special about that? So when it comes to resumes, I don't think it necessarily, you know, I think there's so many ways you can approach it and it doesn't necessarily need to be moves you initiated. It could be moves that you made to further yourself in the game. Yeah. I, I hate it when this topic comes up because people get so spiteful and negative towards building a resume. And that's why I'm hoping that in this season, because everybody's a winner and everybody knows the game that they more respect the outplay and the outwit uh, elements of it. That's why get ready to watch all the hate come in the comments for me. If Russell Hans was in this season, he would definitely win. No problem because he always plays the best game, even though he's the dirtiest, but I like all the strategy. I hope that as far as I'm concerned for a season like this, build the hell out of your resume. And I feel like everybody should respect it in the end. I hope it doesn't get personal and it is truly about it. So I, I don't mind it. And I think that the, just the way the game is, if you make it to the end, you have some sort of resume. You know, a resume is really, look, we've all applied for jobs and we've sort of uh, BSed a little on our resume. It's <laughs> how you frame it. You know, like any way you get to the end is your resume. You know, like maybe you didn't uh, play a million idols, but playing a consistent game or a steady game, that is a viable strategy. Uh, I think it's important to just be in control of your game because if you are a goat and you are just brought to the end on a tether, then you're not going to win. And so, you know, uh, I just think that a resume is just completely relative to wh what someone in the jury looks for in gameplay, which isn't the same for everyone. That's fair to say, Mike. Well, Sophie did not have control over the game. Unfortunately, she was voted out. Four votes for Sophie, three vote, uh, two votes for Michelle, three votes for Jeremy. Sophie went home with an idol in her pocket. I just want to bring this up very quickly. She literally tells everybody that she went home with an yeah. idol in her pocket. The only person I think yeah. who knew that she had an idol was Sarah. Now, if you really want to think about it, if she didn't say anything, Sarah would have known that that idol would have been placed back into the game and Sarah could have went and looked for it by herself. Instead, now everybody's going to be looking for this idol. So really, I think that Sophie's going to watch this back and be like, why did I do that? But she was probably very overwhelmed and very, very frustrated with the fact that she just got voted out and it was a blind side. I just want to know if you guys shared my thoughts on that. No, I, for a no. winner, that's amateur hour move. That was bad. It's amateur, but it's <laughs> going to create chaos, which is going to make great TV. So... I think that was a genuine moment. I think she just was like, as soon as it hit her, she was uh, really blindsided. <laughs> yeah. Know? She was just like, I don't know. I don't even know how to get my torch. I don't know how to put it in. She was just <laughs> like, it just, she just blurted it out. I think she was just, just completely didn't know where she was. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sophie's going to Edge of Extinction. She has a chance to fight her way back into the game or whatever they're going to do with Edge of Extinction. Who knows? Nobody knows. Um, she gives her fire tokens to Sarah and Kim. Good choice in her. I'm going to miss uh, Sophie in the game. 
Um, let's get into our MVP segment very quickly because we are short on time. I feel like I said in the beginning, I know who everybody's MVP is going to be. Mike, I'll start with you. Who is your MVP of the episode? Yeah, it's not, I mean, we're all probably going to say Tony. I mean, somebody, everybody put in the chat, if Tony is not your MVP, try to <laughs> substantiate that claim because he just dominated this episode from front to back. Yeah, this episode was all about Tony, 100% the MVP. Uh if the there we merge go. is making the playoffs, <laughs> <laughs> if the merge is making the playoffs, you always bet on the team that gets hot late in the playoffs. And that is exactly what Tony did. He is on fire right now. And that is dangerous. So, I mean, I just can't wait to see what happens. I can't wait to see the fallout between him and Sarah. That is going to be really interesting. I am excited about this fallout for between Sarah and Tony. I'm also excited to see how Kim is going to try to take down Tony because apparently she's the only one who's catching on to the the double Asian game that he's playing. I agree with you guys. I think that Tony, this was an episode made for Tony. I mean, he did everything right in the I can't fault him for anything. So like Mike said, everybody in the chat who doesn't agree that Tony is the MVP, let us know and let us know why you think that there's somebody else uh, out there who deserves MVP. Let's get to our fantasy draft really quickly. So Sophie, unfortunately, in the beginning of the game, didn't really impress any of us. So we didn't really choose her. So she went to one of our engineers, Jonathan. Um, Sophie and Danny were the two that went to Jonathan. Um, so Sophie is out. That means none of us really have lost a player. Um, but I will say this, kudos to Sophie for making it, making us want her on our fantasy drafts sure. because she did a very, she played a very, very strong game. And like I said, this isn't a finality for her. She does have a chance to win back into the game or like I said, whatever they're going to do at edge of extinction. So um, I am left with Sarah and Michelle. Veronica, you saw Denise and Jeremy, and Mike is still in the lead with Tony, Ben, Nick, and Kim. <laughs> ah! I know, I know, you were just dominating the game. So <laughs> that is our review of season 40, episode 11. This is Extortion. We love everybody in the chat. Mike, I'm going to shoot it over to you really quick for just some shout outs. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Sloss Pop, Team Pog, Lethal Royal, Eric Olin, Ryan D, Victorious Dorothy. Team Paul, who else? Rihanna, Stephen G, Ryan D. You guys are awesome. My name is Mike Thieling. You can follow me everywhere at Mike Thieling. Real quick, I want to shout out another YouTube channel aside from us. I don't actually know the YouTube channel's name, but everybody watching this, super fan of Survivor, YouTube Jeff Probes, the king of sass. If you haven't watched those videos, they're hilarious. And he's just messing with contestants. It's so funny. And it made me, or it reminded me and showed me a challenge that they used to do all the time that they haven't done in a while, which is the step to the next block and then turn around and flip it over and you can't go there anymore and try to box out your opponent. Remember that challenge? They haven't done that in forever. And uh, I miss it. <laughs> Veronica, where can our fans find you? You can find me, Veronica Valencia, on Twitter and Instagram at it's me, Veronica underscore V. And Steve. Oh, you guys can... <laughs> Find me here hey. at oh on TV. Hey. Oh. Hey. Steve, that looks fantastic. Like always, we all have our survivor backdrops going on. Steve is the only uh, MVP really who has a real backdrop going on. Now he's got an actual vote that he has written his handle on. <laughs> We're all going to have to get on Steve's level. Apparently, guys, I am Timothy Michael. You can find me everywhere at I am Timothy Mike. Thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode. Please stay safe out there. Stay home. Wash your hands. We will see you guys next Thursday, 7 p.m. for next episode of Survivor. Bye, guys. 
Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.